Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to a special recap episode of the Beat Orm Podcast. I'm your co-host, Don the Piz Elevert, joined as always by Justin Jericho Turner. And we are two former college roommates getting together a couple decades later to talk about life, business, media, culture, entertainment, and everything in between. You could call this one episode 10.5. Throw an asterisk on it. Whatever you want to do, just hit us with five stars, subscribe, and recommend it to all your friends. Let's go! Justin, cheers to you right back at you, my friend. Clean. What are you drinking over there, by the way? I'm drinking uh, Founders KBS Cinnamon Vanilla Cocoa. It's a big-ass cup you got right there, homie. We're going to call this a chalice. This is Once you get over a certain size, you're no longer a cup. Aha. <laughs> you're, drinking, you're drinking size appropriate beverages. There it is. And it's black, right? Well, exactly. Who's darker skin than me? Mm. <laughs> My beard. Your drink is darker skinned than you. <laughs> Yo. But first, as always, cheers, my man. Cling. Dragon's Milk Reserve. Dragon's Milk Reserve. Dragon's Milk. Right? Reserve. Is that another dark, creamy stout like you got, you're always sipping on? Yeah, man. I love the dark, creamy stout. (laughs) (laughs) You like that hezzy, right? Dude, we're just getting started and you're already already (sighs) on one. I, even though you didn't ask, I'm going to tell you. Because I got Johnny Walker. No, sir. No, sir. Oh, oh. I made myself a old fashioned. Aha. Uh-huh. But I hit him with, I hit him with some basic middle grade bourbon. Because when I'm making a mixed co- cocktail like that, I don't necessarily need something Wanna crazy. Want to burn the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I go neat. Um, but. I made this with some orange bitters, mm. some a da- uh, just a few drizzles of natural honey, a f- couple of drops of vanilla stevia. Whoa. Mix that up. And I air fried some clementine skins. Wow. Scott's put them in love. Put them in there to really get the whole essence of that like smoky orangeness in there, which really picks up with the hint of that vanilla. I'm here to get at it. Let's go, y'all. You got to drink sexy. Drink sexy. Drink America. sexy. I took some pretty simple. Just take some, you're supposed to use simple syrup, actually, but instead of simple syrup, I was it wasn't in the mood to make some simple syrup. So I just used some natural honey. Uh, some of that gin. And then the hardest part was I took some limes 
and hand squeezed lime juice. So go one part lime juice, two parts gin, a little bit of honey, rocks. This is actually a, it's a non-alcoholic s'mores beer. So it's got a little marshmallow notes. It's got the chocolate notes. And then I spiked it with some spiced rum. Uh, It's a keto, gluten-free, lactose-free creamer. Love it. MCT oils in there. Get some, make myself think I'm healthy when I'm poisoning myself with alcohol. (laughs) Uh, Through dash of cinnamon, vanilla stevia, and then I blessed it with the barbancore Haitian rum and Uh, some of the, some uh, maple cream liqueur. Word, word. Um, Yo, barbecue needs. I, a, I, I, we, we need. We need sponsorship. We dropping. We dropping. Yeah, barbecue needs a holler. Hit <laughs> us up, man. Well, I'm gonna tell you. I think I'm gonna call. I think I'm gonna call this one an extra dirty chai latte. Extra dirty, or how about a filthy? A filthy chai. Filthy chai. There it is, right there. <laughs> Another air fryer specialty. Slice Holla. up some apples. S- slice up some apples. Cover them. Cover the slices with cinnamon. Throw it in the air fryer. Uh, for about eight to ten minutes on about three hundred eighty to three hundred three hundred eighty degrees, they come out hot, soft, tasting like apple pie. Mm-hmm. I took that, blended it, made this apple pie muddled p- apple pie tasting puree. But I blended it with gin. Then I took ah. that puree joint. Now, if you if you're not like me or Jericho, and you listen to this, and you want to, and you want to mimic this drink. At that point, strain it. I have no problem with the pulpy thickness of it, so I took that and then hit it with some seltzer, some rocks, and here it is. It's this apple pie, tasty, thick, yet with a little kick, goodness. With Let's that go. pulp, America. <laughs> Drink <laughs> sexy. You know, if I'm going on vacation, I probably want to smoke, right? So I reached, I, I was like, all right, I can't just walk around asking for herb. That's, you're asking for trouble doing that, first of all. Some, even if you do find somebody who's going to give you something, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be trash, like half pencil shavings, like ridiculous nonsense, right? So first thing on the travel cheat code, ask your cab driver. Human beings were the first Yelp. <laughs> so, it's a solid point, my friend. That's treat, a solid point. Treat it just like that. Just ask different people about the same place. Well, from my travels, from my business travels, et cetera, like I talked about earlier, how I like to experience local culture, experiencing local culture means eating street food. I've eaten street food in Hong Kong by myself. I've eaten street food in uh, Jamaica, in Haiti. I've eaten street food in Prague. I've eaten street food from what me and my boy affectionately labeled the fried wall of goodness in Amsterdam. Where they were on to some futuristic type stuff where you walk up to this alcove that's just got a wall and it's got hot fried foods that you get 
out of this wall that you put money into like a vending machine. Crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing until you ask anybody locally what those things are actually made of. I'm laughing because I can't do anything else because I've been stewing in my own negrosity all day. <laughs> oh, like I, I, I laugh. You you know why we laugh. We've talked about this on the pod. Yeah. For all the people who don't understand, black people use humor to 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 disarm. Okay, because it's, it's hard to be black American. It's hard to walk around in chocolate skin in this country, knowing that there are people in this country who quite literally think we are subhuman and just want to kill us. Like, that's wild shit. People, like, you know, don't pretend to empathize if you don't understand it. And there are plenty of marginalized groups in this country that understand it in different ways. But just to be clear, there's a difference between being marginalized in America and being black in America. And I just want to point that out. I I spoke last week. If y'all checked out last week's pod, I said that America hates women more than it hates any other group. This is true, okay? Even though I'm railing about, you know, America's dislike of black, strong dislike of black, America definitely hates women more. I can prove it because America has done more to actively hate women in the face of pretending to not hate women as opposed to dudes like this who are out in the street killing us and basically doing it, you know, broadcasting it on the air like, I'm I'm an all-out white supremacist. This is just what I do. I'm here to kill niggers. Like this, I'm there's one of those. And there's probably a few more that ain't actually pulling the trigger, but there are hundreds of thousands of men in this country right now practicing anti-women behavior. It was recently International Women's Day. Yes. Right. And in recognition of that. You and I wanted to talk about an issue that we found ourselves debating with each other in relation to the thin line between misogyny and appreciation. Yes. You had shared something on our Instagram page a couple of weeks ago um, that I had, I personally didn't have a problem with, but it was a photograph and Repost, I believe, of a woman doing cosplay dressed as Cammy from Street Fighter. And she was what most people, I think, would define as scantily clad, to say the least. Sure. Sure. Right? Um, so I came to you concerned that people might see that coming from two men like us and people who are just getting to know us um, might see that and label us as misogynists who are perpetuating the objectification of women for the purpose of getting clicks and likes. We both understand that we live in a society that has traditionally objectified women. Um, but it's important to realize this, char- this person who posted this originally, she's a cosplayer. And the anime has always, in, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, had scantily clad characters. And if you wear anything from, you know, anime, you're probably going to be scantily clad. So this is something that she does in order to pay her bills. 
she pays money for her own costumes, you know, does her own makeup, does her own hair, shoots her own photos. It's very entrepreneurial. And for us to then say, all right, why is she posting it? She's posting it because she knows that people will enjoy it. And then she has a pay service where people can then pay her to see more cosplay. So she's advertising herself and saying, hey, if you want to see more, then you can pay and you can see more. You know, it's the same thing we do on Patreon, right? So mm-hmm. it's like if you are a consumer of cosplay, when you see the character, your immediate reaction isn't going to be she's scantily clad. It's going to be, oh, she looks like Cammy. If you're not into cosplay, then your immediate reaction is going to be, oh, she's scantily clad, which is the same thing that a lot of um, comic books and cartoons uh, dealt with when they were coming through uh, to the public. A lot of uh, outrage in the early days of many of these characters uh, from Christian groups who had the same commentary. We were using her work in order to advertise our pod, right? So that's it's very clear. That's mm-hmm. that's what I was doing. At the same time, that's additional publicity for her, who is also attempting to have more publicity so that she can sell more subscriptions, so that she can make more money to pay for more costumes and her school and whatever else she's paying for. I also recognize that a lot of people are caught off guard when it's something that they don't recognize, but that didn't got my my wheels turning about cancel culture in general, right? Um, Because at times we, um, to not be hypocritical, we have both certainly at different times seen things that other people have posted that we might've thought was racially insensitive or towards the black community or, or some other insensitivity towards something of ours. So it really then becomes a question to me of at what point does your understanding of an individual and your intent behind what you are putting out there and using your freedom of expression to do, um, does that have to get, or does it get contradicted, I guess, by the level of concern that you should have for those who may be triggered by it, especially when that triggering may be due to a result of lack of familiarity with what you're actually talking about or the the or or referencing in what you're putting out there make sure that what you are doing is created by people who are part of the demographic that you are looking to attract or um, part of the culture that you may be trying to embrace Um, and make sure that those individuals and that culture and that demographic are also benefiting from it in some way right yeah I would like to talk to the people, Pizzle, for a moment about petroleum jelly and ice cream. The black community in America decided to take issue with two particular brands without knowing anything about what those brands were doing. First, it was the ice cream at Walmart. Some people will know what I'm talking about. Walmart decided to release a Juneteenth branded packaging of a new ice cream. Black Twitter went crazy. They had to recall it. And I started thinking about how much time, effort, and energy, and money 
was spent to create that product in order to market it to the black community specifically, but really to anybody who wanted to know anything about Juneteenth, right? And how quickly they had to recall mm-hmm. it and just destroy all of that stuff. And, and I was saying to myself, why would Walmart ever want to embrace anything a- about our culture again? Because the, the one time that they tried to do it and, and sell it, they got criticized for trying to appropriate the black image for profit, which I find to be inherently hilarious considering how many black people shop at Walmart. Vaseline also created a packaging targeted to the black community. And again, black Twitter went nuts and they had to pull the product, right? And I'm, I, I'm saying to myself again, why would Vaseline, a brand that has committed to trying to equalize the market in terms of black skincare products? Yes, it is a major brand. Yes, they have plenty of money. But for, for our community to get upset over Vaseline selling a product targeted to the black community is just it's, it's mind numbing to me, Piz. Because we're going to buy Vaseline anyway, right? You can't go into a, a, a black household in this country that doesn't have at least one either brand new or expired package of Vaseline in their medicine cabinet. You know what I'm saying? So I got two words for you. Do-rags and golf. Do-rags and golf. The reason I mention these two things in conjunction with each other is not because I think more people need to start wearing do-rags when they play golf, but because I was thinking about these two things and came to realize that there are two activities that I believe are among the most functionally misunderstood by people who have never participated in them while simultaneously being used by many people to emphasize affiliation with a specific culture as a result of that misunderstanding. Um, first of all, the reason I refer to do-rag as an activity is because if you're not familiar with a do-rag, you don't understand that a do-rag is like the icing on the, the cake after you've gone through a whole lot of work for whatever it is that you're using the do-rag to protect, right? <laughs> but the do-rag <laughs> is... is Considered by people who have never used one <clears throat> to represent toughness, urban lifestyle, hip hop, etc. And I'm not saying it gangsterness, whatever you want to call it. I'm not saying that it doesn't represent those things to an extent. But what I am saying is for those who don't understand what a do-rag is, my opinion, uh, as someone who's worn one many a time in my past, that a do-rag is the most misunderstood cosmetic device of all time. If you see, um, if you, if you see, if you see a man wearing a do-rag, there's a couple of things that I automatically know about that person without having spoken to them at all. A couple of things I know is that person under whatever tough exterior may be present, that person cares about their hair, really cares about their hair and is, has a level of sensitivity and concern about that and also intends 
to be highly fashionable and look pretty either later right. that evening or later in the week. And hence, that is why they're wearing the do-rag. What golf is, is for lack of better description, it is a block party on wheels. Right? <laughs> it involves drinks. It involves uh, food. It involves a lot of socialization, a lot of discussing about business. It involves a lot of gambling, right? Golf, the, the hitting of the ball, the getting out of your cart, the hitting of the ball is a, a part of the golf experience. But golf is an excuse to get out, hang out with a group of friends, and shoot the shit. Enjoy yourself and roll around in a cart having fun for hours. So, I mean, listen, the, the primary consumers of hip hop are, are suburban white kids. So, I want to be real clear about that. There was plenty of hip hop, right? But they also were listening to a lot of music I never had any exposure to. And I had prejudged what that music meant about my blackness, right? If I start listening to this, then I'm going to be considered less black. Kind of had the same reaction toward golf, right? Because, I mean, we know Tiger played golf. I don't know any other black people that ever played golf professionally. I mean, I could be wrong about that. I'm sure I am. But, um, you know, Vijay Singh, he's dark, being black. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, like, and for those of you who, like, you know, you probably don't because you listen to the Beat On podcast. But for people who you know who aren't listening, who live in their little bubbles, and all they do is surround themselves with ideas that they already agree with, it's a good way to misunderstand people. It's a good way to misunderstand intention. I think the more I go down my hypocrisy checklist, the 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 every you 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 agree, and then you get angrier. <laughs> <laughs> my I feel like this is gonna be this is gonna be a great a great recurring segment, folks, because Justin is like the hypocrisy Hulk. <laughs> it's like it's like when it's like it's like you ever see when Incredible Hulk gets like every time he, he gets hit with a bullet. He gets like it, like bounces off, and he gets bigger and angrier. It's like I hit you with a hypocrisy uh, bullet point. <laughs> I hit you with hypocrisy <laughs> bullet points, <laughs> and you like ingest them joints and and rah. <laughs> Jericho smash. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, all right, all right. All right. And then when you're when you're at brunch, you gotta you gotta this is when you you gotta have one of these moments with a stranger. That it might get uncomfortable, but you got to take, you got to ask your, 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 uh, waiter, waitress, it's wh whoever's ser your server, right? Whatever the proper term is for the server that's coming to the table and take, and you're going to ask for this Bloody Mary. You need to say to them, you need, and this is how you do it. You take a pause, you give it a little dramatic pause after you order your meal. When they, they say, would you like any drinks? Or sometimes they take the drink order first, right? So they say, you like any drinks? I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to raise your eyes slowly. I want you to squint your eyes a little bit. I want you to look at them and I want you to say, I just need you to answer this question honestly. 
how good is your Bloody Mary? And wait, did you LL it, lick the lips it, after you it, say it, Bloody Mary? <laughs> yeah, I just did that. I didn't even realize it, right? <laughs> I, licked, I, licked, I, licked, I, I did the LL, the LL Cool J uh, lip lick. And you got to ask them, you got to be, because this is a moment right here where you and your server are going to have a heart to heart because they know every good server at a, at a restaurant knows if their Bloody Mary is bullshitting. And the problem mm. with a bullshit and Bloody Mary is you then are going to order that Bloody Mary and it's going to be the first Bloody Mary you ever have and it's going to be the only one you ever had because that Bloody Mary is going to be garbage. It's going to be some tomato juicy, just just mixed with vodka and someone put it in a glass for you. And I don't want that to be your first Bloody Mary experience. So you and I, we can go have Bloody Marys one. Uh, anyway, uh, if you listen to this pod, you realize that like while JT and I are having here having some fun, uh, it's, uh, you know, some some intellectual slash sophomoric banter about these things like. I don't know, man. We might, we might be futurists. We might like. I got that. Vo- I'm Haitian. I got that voodoo in my, in my, in my ancestry. Like, okay. You have to cook every meal on your own that you oh. ever eat. Anything you ever eat, you are cooking it yourself for the rest oh. of your life. And your home will have a stove. You know, most homes have a stove. Other than a stove, you only get one device. Along with that stove, your choice of devices are a microwave, an air fryer, or an outdoor grill. Oh, oh one cooking device. One, one other cooking device aside device from the to oven. accompany your stove. Okay. For lack of better phrase, we'll refer to it as your stove's side piece. All right, stove side piece. You already know. I'm going with the air fryer. So I'm going to start backwards. I'm going to work my way backwards from the air fryer because as long as I have an air fryer, my life's good. If this apocalyptic Civil War modern day situation breaks out now because of all this crap going down. Right. And you, you and I, we, we've watched all these movies about this shit. There's always, there's always a scene in every one of these movies where they got to get to town and raid the pharmacy. Right. 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 To get to get the medical supplies. Absolutely. Obviously, you're getting your you're getting your band-aids, you're getting your alcohol, you're getting your benadine or whatever, you're getting your gauze, all that stuff. We're not gonna worry about any of those wraps and topical stuff. Okay. But I wanna know. You are trying to survive. And you get to build your own pack. You ain't gotta worry about anybody else. You ain't for this. Everybody got to, but like your all you got, all we got room for. Now, after all that other stuff you gather and the food you gather and all this stuff, you got room for three oral medications <laughs> to get you to get you <laughs> the longest <laughs> time to live <laughs> in this apocalypse and survive. Um, and we, you know, to we're gonna label, we're gonna call this one. This is this one is definitively a zombie apocalypse. In case that oh, in case that right. matters, right? So okay, this, so this is gonna be another zombie apocalypse. The, the first one is easy. Anybody who knows me personally knows that I'm allergic to the entire planet. So. <laughs> Truth. Truth. <laughs> I got I to get some allergy meds. Um, and my, my allergy med of choice happens to be uh, Alivert, which is uh, it's dissolvable and it solves most of my problems. Wait, first of all, did you just say your medicine of choice is me? Yes, I take I take, Don, I take Don Elevert's. 
<laughs> Yo, and if you listen to this and take in anything we're saying as like medical advice, like then you haven't learned anything about anything we talk about. <laughs> like, please, Fact. this is not a. This is not, there's a reason this pod isn't called Web M B Dorm, right? <laughs> y'all got to Y'all got to oh, get right. this B Dorm merch. Y'all got to get this merch. That's right. What's up I with this merch? This B Dorm shirt on. B Dorm Go That's to the cool. website. Check out some of the merch. Represent. I'm just hoping that JT and I are not as good at predicting the future as we think. Otherwise, y'all best to start making your apocalypse survival packs. And that Word. is another episode of the Beat Orm Podcast. Woo! We out. Have a good one, people. Hey, B-Dorm listeners, you've probably heard me mention in passing that I do professional voiceover work. Well, some of that includes audiobooks that you can download off of Audible. So check this out. We know you love to listen. And for a limited time only, we've got a great special offer for our dedicated listeners. We're happy to be able to offer you up to two free books when you try Audible Premium Plus. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, to Dolly Parton and James Patterson's Run, Rose, Run. There's something for everyone, and they're the perfect companion for your weekend run or your summer road trip. You can listen to thousands of great titles, as many as you want, whenever you want. Stream or download to listen offline. Click the link in the show notes and get started today. Powered by Righteous Media.